Ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back on the air. And now your host, Max McGuire. Welcome back. Hour two of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you caught the first hour, really, really moving stuff um, we had on my friend Deb, who uh, is interim director at a pregnancy center in Vegas. If you haven't watched that, do go back and watch that. It's a uh, it's it's really powerful stuff. I want to switch gears though, because what we have going on in the country is pretty incredible. You have the Arizona audit, the hand count done, with the exception of um, with the exception of braille ballots. Now they're going to a next stage, which is door to door canvassing, and Democrats are freaking out. So joining us for the second hour, we have as we have the last couple of days, Jake Frejo. Um, what's up, Max? It's, I want to uh, pull. What's up? Uh, what's going on? It's surprising. You guys keep having me back. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's fun. I want to get your I want to get your impression on this news um, because the Arizona audit is is ending. Well, the, the the hand part's ending, as I said. Now we get into the phase two, which is taking all of the irregularities, the discrepancies, the alleged fraud, the pretty much obvious fraud, and sending people out to, to verify. Now, I'm sure some of the things that, that come up in, in the hand count are going to be explained away, right? But the anecdote that we've already heard of 52 ballots being cast from a single two-bedroom home, that's going to be hard to explain away. It's going to be hard to explain that there are 52 voting age <laughs> voters, adult voters, voting out of a two bedroom house. What are your impressions so far by what we know? Because we don't know everything, but we're, we're starting to see a picture that there's, there's going to be some fraud uncovered here. I mean, you know, dead people voting, uh, people voting from the same address, multiple people voting from the same address. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I think they're, I think they're readying their ground game to prevent uh, or or combat what's going to come out, and I, I think even even hearing that you know the the ballot counts are all from the boxes, you know Joe and I have a better understanding of how the machines and the system work. So I, I think it it should be delightful, and you should get some popcorn and watch how they go into damage control with this over the next yeah. few weeks. Well, there there have been there's the two parts, and I've mentioned on the show, I, I believe that there's absolutely electronic meddling to think that there wouldn't be. I mean, we've seen the hacking that has taken place just so far over the past couple months. We've seen they hacked people have hacked a pipeline. We've seen a meat distributor get hacked to think that no one would even try to hack the election for the president of the United States. It's unbelievable. Of course, people would try to hack and any vulnerabilities that exist, they try to take advantage of it. And we know that there are vulnerabilities some would say deliberate, some would say it's accidental, but deliberate vulnerabilities within the system that leave it vulnerable to manipulation. There's also the old good old, I call it the good old fashioned, not that it's good, but the old fashioned voter fraud of just voting on behalf of other people. As we've, as we've seen alleged in Georgia, just pumping through a bunch of blank or fake ballots and then using the machines to adjudicate them. I think in Arizona, we're going to see a mixture of the two because we've already heard from the auditors that there was a Dominion employee or contractor who during the election was taking the hard drive with the election data home with him or her, him or her, I don't want to misgender, 
taking the election data home for safekeeping. Well, <laughs> as we'll play in a little bit, the Democrats are freaking out over how the auditors are handling the data. But the audit has found out that the the counters were mishandling the data. I think we're going to find both. I think we're going to find that there was op- there was electronic manipulation, but there was also the ground game of, of voting on behalf of other people, stealing ballots, right? I, I think in Arizona, especially, you're, you're probably going to see both. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is, you know, if you thought 2020, the summer of 2020 was interesting with the riots and COVID and everything, I, I think this one's going to beat it by 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 leagues and you know, I, I've had this conversation with you before. What, <clears throat> what is going to be the level that they're willing to go to distract from or attempt to invalidate pending results that, you know, both you and I, I think, have uh, an understanding as to the way it's going to go. And I think they do, too. That's part of the, the fear and the, you know, the mania you're seeing with, you know, people going on talk shows, discrediting the audits and, and everything. But, uh, you know, apparently... They're doing something right, specifically in Arizona, if you're winning the hearts and minds of delegates from, I think at yeah. this point, it's something like 20 other states that are readying to follow in the footsteps of the procedures that, uh, you know, the audit of Arizona is doing. Yeah. Well, so they started by saying, the left started by saying there was no fraud. And then everyone said, well, wait a minute, there was fraud. There's fraud in every election. So I said, there wasn't that much fraud. And then we said, uh, there was a lot of fraud. Well, then they said there wasn't enough fraud to impact the results. And now that the the audits are starting to say, oh, the audits won't find the fraud. Now that the audits are concluding, they're starting to uh, sing a different tune. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is from the Houston Press. (laughs) The, The Houston Press. If they prove Biden cheated, he'd still be present. Do we have that, Josh? Sorry, it was uh, doing my a screen. Thing. Sorry. Oh, it's fine. Doing a thing. Uh, put up my screen. Uh, headline from the Houston Press. If they prove Biden cheated, he'd still be president, which is a far cry from what they were saying during the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. There were outlets alleging that if it was it was concluded that Russia interfered to help Donald Trump, that somehow Hillary Clinton could become president two years later. It's uh. It's, it's fun to watch the hypocrisy develop right out in front of us in real time because uh, it, it, I just find it very – I find it humorous because a lot of times it's the same – we got to take down my screen. A lot of times it's the same author who just a couple of years ago was saying, oh, Trump cheated. That means Hillary should be president. And then they're coming out with this garbage like, oh, even if you can prove he cheated, he's still president. You cannot do it. <laughs> I, I, look – you know, I, I have friends ask me like, well, they can't, you know, they can't, you know, get the guy out of office or uh, none of us can really say any, uh, you know, we, there is no precedent to reference with the situation at hand if it is proven that, you know, any of these swing states were were cooked and that, you know, the, the results yeah. are illegitimate. It's uh it's going to be something that we, we can't say, oh, well, you know, 100 years ago, this happened. And, you know, this is how it's going tenfold. This is quite possibly the greatest public spectacle, you know, coming to the limelight that this country has ever seen. So it should be it, is. it should be really interesting. I'm excited. I'm alive to see it. <laughs> well, you know, who's not excited 
pretty much anyone with a D next to their name. <laughs> the Democrats are not excited. You would think that they'd be so excited to confirm that Joe Biden won the presidency with more votes than any other presidential candidate ever. They, you'd think that they'd love to have that rubber stamped and proven and put all of the doubters and the conspiracies and the theorists to rest. They are not excited. They are getting more antsy. They are getting more frightened. Here is a clip of Katie Hobbs. She is the Secretary of State. She's fantastic. For, she's fantastic. She's the Secretary of State for the state of Arizona. And she went on Anderson Cooper. And just, just notice how upset, stressed, worried she is. Let's go ahead and play this clip. This is cut number two. If a company chooses, you know, if a private company, which seems to, I mean, our Kyung went down to Florida to try to find their offices and they don't really seem to have offices. They have kind of like shells of offices where people are paid to, I guess, answer a phone uh, for many companies. Uh, and, and some guy in Montana now has some of this data in his house, in his remote house or cabin. I don't know what he's doing with that. What is just, and again, we don't even know really wh wh where he is. It, what is to stop you know, these, this company or these people from just coming forward and saying, oh, well, these bamboo, these, these ballots were made out of bamboo or we found traces of bamboo from them because they were shipped from China. Who's to say, I mean, obviously it's not the case, but yeah. what do you do in that case? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because we think that's exact. There's there is nothing to stop them from saying any of those things. Um, and so what our what we have seen it to be our job to do is to shed light on what's happening in the Coliseum the best we can. We had to go to court to force them to disclose their procedures, allow independent observers in the room and even allow reporters in the room. Um, and and with that limited transparency, at least we've gotten enough information to be able to say, look, what they're doing here is not an audit. They are not following best practices. And there's nothing going on here that lends any credibility to the outcome that's going to come out of it. And so, I mean, that's that's what we've been able to do. But but I am concerned about what happens when this report comes out, um, because we know, number one, the election that we certified, um, those certified results are an accurate reflection of the will of the voters in Arizona. And number two, there's nothing that can be done now to overturn the election, even if this audit was valid. Um, and so, but there are many people, um, I think you said one out of three Americans that believes that Joe Biden was not duly elected. What are they going to do when this report comes out? Um, and that's the scary thing. So what are they going to do when that report comes out? Well, I don't remember Democrats being all that concerned when Hillary Clinton was doing this. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer Josh. Hillary Clinton in 2017, September 18, 2017, Clinton opens door to questioning legitimacy of 2016 election. So they act like doubting the legitimacy is somehow the equivalent of a call to violence. And that's what she's basically saying. I'm really afraid of what the third of the country is going to do when this report comes out. It, you don't want that from your elected official. You don't want them saying, well, we can't audit the elections because if you realize, if people realize how fraudulent they were, they're going to, they're going to riot. That's not how our, our democratic Republic, our representative government should work. Should it? I, I'd like to make a side note. If you go back or, you know, you don't have to go back, but the Katie sure. Hobbs video, um, 
I, I, I'm also pretty well versed in, in body language and understanding when someone is being disingenuous through body language. And if you watch that video over again, uh, one of the key signs of someone who is lying is uh, enhanced rate of blinking. And if you yeah. pay attention to her in proportion to how Anderson Cooper is, uh, as soon as she starts talking and going off on her tirade of defense of you know righteousness, she's blinking faster than she's speaking. And so that's usually yeah. one of the go-to signs of someone in, in an interrogation process of, of, of assessing the individual that they themselves do not believe what they're saying. And it's, it's, it's a biological response to the fact that they know that what they're saying is not true and the body is exhibiting signs of stress uh, just from the, you know, the, the, the process of, of telling something that they know is not true. So, yeah, it's, uh, oh, you, you can tell there's, oh, everyone's got ticks and, and that's definitely one of the potential ticks for a liar. We have an image of, uh, of Katie Hobbs that she, of, of a tweet that she put out. Let's go ahead and put up image number one. Here's what she put out. I'm deeply concerned that the cyber ninjas have moved Maricopa County election data to a residence in Montana over 1,300 miles from Phoenix for no discernible reason. This fraud it, hashtag fraud it, madness needs to stop. And then she's basically referring to that clip from Anderson Cooper. They're, they're latching on to this. They're latching on, they're latching on to the, the claim that the, the auditors are, are breaking the rules. Which the auditors deny it, but even if they were, it, it's it's selective enforcement. Because as I said at the beginning, there were Dominion employees or contractors, whatever they officially were, who are now reported to have taken home hard drives containing election data home with them. They said for security reasons. So Democrats, leftists are free to violate chain of custody rules. But the minute that a conservative even comes close to slipping up, they want to throw the entire process out. The hypocrisy really is stunning. It's almost um, as if they know what the results are going to be. Yeah, you know, it's there's, there's this this you know aura to their energy or to you know to to their actions that they they already know what the results going to be. So they're they calling don't. on their friends and their you know their contacts in high places <laughs> to try to distract from that. So I really hope a torpedo comes out of all of this, and uh, we, we can have a great compilation of all the the fails of of all yeah. these uh, interviews and these opinions and talking heads, and and you know put it all into one big fail compilation. Oh, I, I I'm I'm excited. I know that's gonna that's gonna be really fun to watch. As, as I mean, they never really get forced to eat crow. They no one ever gets held accountable for the lies that they tell or, or the falsehoods or conspiracy theories they're they're all able to just keep their jobs but it will be fun to watch all of those compilation videos this podcast is brought to you by our friends at burna technologies burna technologies is the leader in non-lethal self-defense category their live safe motto is to provide consumers with an affordable device that will help protect them save their life without having to take a life the burna hd right here they sent me one is it starts at 359 dollars that's might seem like a lot of money but if you've checked how much guns cost these days that's not that much not at all the burn hd allows you to protect your life 
and, and, and your personal safety without having to take a life. It's not a, technically a firearm, but it's an incredibly powerful and effective self-defense device that uses pepper, pepper and gas, and kinetic hard plastic projectiles that will subdue an assailant for up to 20 minutes, giving its user enough time to escape. With an effective range of 66 feet, the Berna HD is more effective than pepper spray or stun guns that have an effective range of 10 feet or less. It's currently adopted by law enforcement and private security firms across the U.S. to help them de-escalate stressful situations before having to resort to lethal means. This isn't a replacement. This isn't a replacement for, for a firearm lethal force. This is a way to take a, take a step, de-escalate a situation before having to resort to lethal force. Over 50,000 consumers across the country have chosen the Berna HD as their self-defense option. Sean Hanny is a loyal customer and has featured Berna HD on his show, non-paid, and described the experience as a Berna HD owner by saying, I've been telling people I recently purchased Berna HD. You hit someone with it and it instantly stops them, but it doesn't kill them. So make sure you head to their website, www.berna.com, B-Y-R-N-A.com. And when you use promo code CONSERVATIVE10, CONSERVATIVE10, all one word, you'll get 10% off your purchase. And that cannot be combined with any other special offers or bundles. Again, B-Y-R-N-A.com, CONSERVATIVE10, gets you 10% off your purchase. And just to see, we've been doing this the last couple of days. I, I, I'm curious to see how long these CO2 charges last. We're now on a full week of, of the CO2 charge in the fire. And let's see if it goes off, went off. So the CO2 has not leaked after a week, which uh, it's a pretty good test. That's the question I had. How long are these CO2 charges going to last? Because obviously, if you're going to use it for self-defense, you can't just say, hold on, Mr. Robber Man, hold on, Mr. Criminal, give me a second to load this CO2 charge into my gun. You can't do that. So that's the biggest question I had. And yeah, it's lasted a week. It does slowly leak out, but a week in the firearm with shooting it um, doesn't seem to have emptied the cylinder. So go to Burna.com and use Conservative 10 to get 10% off your order. So... (laughs) Mr. Producer, do we have, is, is Joe calling in? Have you been able to reach out to Joe? I have not, but you know, he's out there okay. doing the crazy stuff that he does. And I know, all the super I know, business, I know. So he gets like that. I, I I wanted him to call in. So see if you can, if, during this clip, if you can call and see if he can uh, call in, because I want to get his take on this. Uh, well, well, we'll give us some time to get to that. Here is Dr. Kelly Ward. She is the GOP, the head of the GOP in Arizona, responding to this pretty ludicrous claim that the auditors just sent all of the data to some cabin in in Montana or something. But let's play this while Mr. Producer tries to get Josh on the phone, uh, Joe on the phone. This is cut number three. Hello, Arizona. It is time for the daily update from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. Arizona Secretary of State, radical leftist liberal Democrat Katie Hobbs is on Twitter calling for an end to the full forensic audit of the 2020 Maricopa County election. Again. This time her reason is a story from her allies on CNN, who appear to have stolen a story from local reporter Jen Throw-A-Fit-Field without even giving her credit for her misinformation. How dare they? CNN claims that data from the Maricopa County audit was taken to a secure lab somewhere in Montana. They even sent a reporter to Montana to the private property of one of the executives 
of a company that is a contractor for the forensic audit. The network also appears to want to dox the auditor if they can get away with it by just showing a little video highlighting his property and going to Realtor.com to get information about it. The reporter says he did pass no trespassing signs at the Montana property, so he had to resort to drone footage and real estate listings of the property to get out his propaganda. His so-called expose showed a home a rather nice one, and a barn, and a lot of acres. But the CNN flunky informed Anderson Cooper that there was no sign of a secure lab, in his expert opinion. It's oh so mysterious. He also admitted that he had no facts to deal with. He said this, is this the secure, powerful laboratory? Is Arizona voting data inside that cabin? We just don't know, but it could be. Is that supposed to be journalism? <laughs> Thank goodness President Trump exposed CNN for being fake news and woke up America to the propaganda being spewed by them. The factual information that we have is that the company in question, Cypher, does have a secure lab. It makes sense that they would have a secure lab since the company does work for the United States Department of Defense, the DOD as well as other federal agencies and Fortune 500 companies. While I don't know the particulars about this company, most DOD contractors are required to have security clearances, a fact that media outlets like CNN are ignoring. Over the last year, many of us have learned to work remotely using VPNs or other security measures, it really can be done securely. And I'm sure Cypher knows how. If a Cypher executive is working remotely and securely from his Montana home, how is that a new story? The story should be why the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors will not demand that Dominion hand over the Splunk logs, hardware keys, and passwords subpoenaed by the Arizona State Senate. I'm sure if we got that information, it would assure the Arizona voters that the tabulation machines were never connected to the internet and also inform us as to where and how they crunched our protected voter data. Leftist Katie Hobbs, who is focused on raising her profile in any way she can to grab on even more power in our state by running for governor, has a vested interest in making sure that nothing negative is found by the Arizona audit. After all, the 2020 election happened on her watch, and she was the statewide official in charge of the election. Draw your own conclusions. We're gonna continue to keep you updated on the audit and on other important issues. And remember, here at the Republican Party of Arizona, it is always America first. See you next time. So that was the reaction. I want to play it in its entirety. She, she's a character. I, I like her. Um, responding to the claim by saying that they've somehow been shuttled to Montana. Well, no, that's someone who's working from home. Something that if you had asked a Democrat whether it was preferable a couple months ago, they'd say yes. Now it's apparently a problem. Um, what, what do you take from this new the attempts to nitpick everything nitpick obviously it shows that they're afraid 
but they're trying to nitpick everything, every little detail, blow it out of proportion into some major news story. What do you take? What do you take from that? I I would like to compare it to say a girlfriend saying, you know, are you cheating on me? And then you know the response of the boyfriend being, no, 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 not at all. And be like, okay, well, can you hand over your cell phone? Be like, no, 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 no. But I'm not cheating on you. No, you can't see my text messages. That would be my take on it, and you know, condensed uh, version. Um, you know, I mean, and she's also a doctor, so I, you know, like Doctor Jill Biden, I would take her word for it. So, yeah, uh, it's it, it, it's going to be really interesting because the auditors are now saying that they anticipate there's going to be pushback. That it's not going to be they're not going to give Maricopa County a clean board of health. They're going to allege enough fraud that they're they expect pushback which i mean you you would hope that there would be pushback not just because i want to i want to see the results be a particular way but they anticipate the pushback i don't know if they well they are anticipating what they suspect will be coming which is the biden doj intervening we've heard reports that doj officials are already on the ground in arizona i mean obviously they have doj offices there but they're prepared to step in should the order come down, to step in and stop the audit because they're terrified, not as much about this. Like they, they, they can critique the, the data, they can critique the ballots. I mean, you just heard them. It was, a, it was an oddly specific complaint from, Kate, from Katie Hobbs and Anderson Cooper about bamboo in the ballots. That was, that was like strangely specific, like trying to discredit something that hasn't even officially come out yet. They're, they're gonna do that where they're terrified is the idea of auditors going door to door and verifying the identities of the people who voted, checking to see whether it's possible 52 people could live in the same two bedroom home and asking people whether they voted and, and if they're comfortable, I guess, telling them how they voted. It's amazing that when a Democrat organization, a ballot harvester does it, it's called democracy. But when an auditor does it, the Biden administration calls it racism, right? It's racism. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, there's also the, you know, the the more complex, you know, the the greater the complexity to a story generally says that there's a lie behind it. And so, you know, even the comment about the bamboo thing, it's like, generally speaking, if you're innocent, you just say, no, this is not the case. You know, take the distance, it will prove itself. But if you have to start, you know, building out all sorts of, you know, contingencies, uh, you know, pre, uh, you know, pre-stating about the bamboo thing. It, it's, 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 again, it's indicative of someone readying the playing fields for the inconvenient truth coming out. Oh, careful. If you, if you say that again, you're going to, oh, <laughs> you're going to owe the former vice president Al Gore some money. He's, he's got that trademarked. And, and um, Michael Moore, know, right? That was Michael, did Michael Moore yeah. do that as well? No, that was, that was Al, that was Al Gore. I thought, did Michael Moore produce it or no? No? He, he might have helped on it. That, yeah. He might have helped on it. Uh, but that was that's an Al Gore yeah. trade. Uh, this episode is brought phrase. to you by Al Gore. No. <laughs> no, he's not a sponsor. He is not. He is not a sponsor. I'm sorry. Do not do that. Read. Come on, guys. Get this. Get this I, I, I don't think. You know, Frank. You know why he's not a sponsor? I don't think he can afford us. If we're being completely. Uh, he spent all of it on his private jet. You know, the eco-friendly. That is uh, true. Uh, private jet. It's, it runs on batteries, actually. That is true. So we're seeing this spreading. 
we're seeing this spreading. The next state, apparently, coming down the pike is Pennsylvania. Go ahead, go to my screen, Mr. Producer. I get I get the strangest ads when I have ad blocker up. Not no when I have like the the hide my identity. They're trying to get me to buy a personalized greeting message from Pete Rose. That's strange. Um, news from the Hill. Pennsylvania Senate GOP edges towards Arizona-style election audit. They had to add in there that it's the GOP. But yes, we're hearing reports that the GOP in Pennsylvania are preparing subpoenas to launch their own audit. It'd be interesting to see if Tom Wolf, governor of Pennsylvania, allows that to go forward. Democrats are scared. I was hoping we'd have Joe on. He said he was going to call in, but uh, life happens. Things come up. I want to play this clip because the news, we've talked a little bit briefly about it. The news out of Colorado is stunning. The Colorado Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, just unilaterally decided no third-party audits. There will never be a third-party audit in in Colorado. No private third-party organizations will ever get their hands on electronic voting machines in Colorado, which is very strange because that means the only person who could ever audit an election result would be the victors, which usually isn't what you expect from audit. Usually you want third-party verification. In Colorado, it's going to be, it's not possible anymore. Well, whether she has the authority is questionable, which is why I was hoping Joe would call in and give us his opinion on it. But we have a clip of Jenna Griswold calling into MSNBC and explaining why she's going after what she calls the fraud it. Let's play cut four. Secretary of State Jenna Griswold tweeting, quote, my office just issued rules prohibiting sham election audits in the state of Colorado. We will not risk the state's election security nor perpetuate the big lie. Fraudits have no place in Colorado. Joining me now is Jenna Griswold, Colorado Secretary of State. She's the chairperson of the Democratic Association of Secretaries of State. Secretary Griswold, good to see you again. Thank you for being with us. Um, Colorado is a state that is actually uh, further ahead than some in terms of its voting and the success success of its voting and the ability to vote safely. But I, my question to you is, how do you how do you prevent audits that may be legitimate? How do you come up with rules that say that you can only keep the, the sham, the, the, the fake, the fraudulent audits out, but still be OK with somebody saying, hey, let's check out how voting works in, in Colorado officially? Well, good morning, Allie. Thank you for having me on. And the answer to your question is very simple through state law and rulemaking. Uh, Here in Colorado, we're considered the safest state in which to cast a ballot uh, in no small part because we already do a risk-limiting audit. That's the premier type of election audit. Uh, It was already conducted on the 2020 election. And what that audit shows us in a secure way is that the election results are correct. Uh, But what we're seeing across the nation, uh, starting in Arizona, where Republicans hired a partisan firm with no experience to do the sham audit, uh, are these calls for fake forensic audits all in an intent to help justify voter suppression and and spread the big lie. Uh, So we have to push back against those attacks, which are, frankly, attacks on democracy. We we had again. Attack. Increased blinking yeah. and over-exaggerated facial expressions, scrunching the forehead, eyebrows going up. It's 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 blockading via exaggeration. I'll just point that out. I cannot think of anything more suspect than a, a political a politician without. I mean, there isn't even an audit 
happening. There, there, I, I, maybe in a county level, there might be counties thinking about it, but the legislature is controlled by Democrats. The state government's controlled by Democrats. I don't see one on the horizon for her to come out of nowhere and and just declare unilaterally there will be no audits and then to follow that up by saying we have the most secure election in the country oh but we're not going to let anyone ever verify that you're just going to have to take our word for it, it it's it's it, yeah w sheridan says nothing to see here it, it's it's hard to to take that as anything other than uh, i have some she has something to hide and we, and we covered this on the on the podcast before let's put up the the tweet that announced this put up my screen where she announced it, she said, my office just issued rules prohibiting sham election audits in the state of Colorado. We will not risk the state's election security to perpetuate the big lie. Frauds have no place in Colorado. So we're seeing the same kind of hypocrisy when an election official mishandles equipment, right? I mean, we, we, we've, we've covered this with Michigan when, when they have drivers coming out of nowhere in the middle of the night, just unloading ballots, not even in closed containers, not in locked containers, just in open top USPS bins, right? Drivers coming out of nowhere. Oh, 3 a.m. Here's the ballots that we all forgot about. No one cares about that, right? No one cares about the chain of custody documents in Georgia, which, huh, surprise, they just found them conveniently taking the exact amount of time the, yeah, it would the take ink for is them still to, drying. Yeah, yeah, ink is still drying. They, they found it conveniently in the exact amount of time it would take someone to um, <laughs> to, to forge one. Uh, but they, they found them. Oh, no, nothing to see here. They were missing, but we just found the exact documents we need. Um, they don't care when Democrats or volunteer volunteers or or any, any officials, when, when they break the rules, when they violate chain of custody, when they take things outside of a building and then bring it back in. They don't care about that. They only care when the auditors do it. That's the only time it's ever a problem. So... <laughs> not going to let us look at it because she says, don't worry, we already audited it. So Democrat government audits the Democrat election results, and you can just take that to the bank. Do you believe this at all? Is, is there is there any way you could possibly believe that this is just th- this isn't trying to hide something? It, I mean, it's kind of like, oh, trust me, I'm a doctor, you know, and uh, no, no, it's, it's a great, great uh, spectacle of theater. I, 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 deeply enjoy watching it uh i i would not be as arrogant as these people are to be so adamant about something that hasn't even taken place yet generally indicative yeah. again of, of 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 something deceptive so it's generally great it's great to watch the person trying to stop you from auditing them tends to be the person that needs to be audited the most uh, methinks thou dost protest too much, to borrow that line from Shakespeare. Um, w- listen, we, we know how this is going to come. The Democrats that are in positions of power in these states are going to use the power wherever they can, however they can, to slow it down, to stop it. We've seen it happen in Colorado. We've seen Katie Hobbs trying to use what little power she has left because the state legislature did strip her of a lot of her powers to stop the audit. They're on the cable news show's protesting it. We see it. It's happening. Will they be successful? I don't know. I mean, I hope not. They hope so. But I think a lot of Democrats admit that they are largely powerless to stop these audits from taking place, which is why there's such a heavy focus on trying to convince the Biden administration to step in 
and stop this. Now, we covered it in the past, that letter that came from the DOJ Civil Rights Division. It came to the Senate president fan of the Arizona uh, State Senate, and it was a warning. It gave it, it basically drew a line in the sand, not to be confused with Barack Obama's line in the sand when it came to Syria. This is Joe Biden's election audit line in the sand that said, do not go door to door. Do not go to door to door. That would constitute election crimes because it would be intimidation. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the the files of people's addresses tend to be publicly available documents or at the very least made available to bona fide election organizations. That's how you canvass. That's how you door knock, right? That's how you get out the vote. You're allowed to do that. The idea that an auditor isn't allowed to do it too, very shaky ground. But this is a line in the sand that the Biden administration said, do not cross. And at the time, the Senate president said, okay, we won't cross it. And the auditor said, yeah, we have no intention of crossing it. We, we might, but we really don't have any intention of crossing it. Now, after the conclusion, they're, they're, they're going forward with it. They're saying, yes, we're going to need to go door to door. Yes, we're going to need to investigate these irregularities, which tells me that either they were just yesing the Biden administration to death, trying to get the monkey off their back, or they discovered something during the audit that would make abandoning step two untenable. Like You, you can't just say we got 52 ballots from a single two-bedroom household and accept that as being legitimate. I've told the story before. I was canvassing New Jersey. There was a, a street with nine houses on it. My little palm pilot that they gave us had a 10th house listed, and it had at least a dozen 70, 80, and 90-year-olds registered to vote out of this non-existent house. Well, that and P.O. boxes. They had a bunch of... P.O. boxes. I, I don't think Huge. specifically Arizona. I think it was P.A. or, or, or Michigan, but there are hundreds coming are from a P.O. box, which is, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even think that's legal. You have to have a physical it's residency not. as a voter. You can't register to vote. You can't register to vote out of a P.O. box. You you can get a ballot if you're, if you're asking, like, the post office to hold your mail, then you can, but you cannot have your voter registration... Um, I mean, I guess you could have like an auto forward maybe set up, but you can't have your, your voter registration address be a P.O. box because it doesn't prove you live anywhere. It just proves that you paid the couple hundred bucks to the post office to rent the box for the year. Um, they do that. They do apartment complexes because apartment complexes change hands uh, like apartment building apartments change hands so frequently once a year. It's not uncommon to see a dozen people registered to vote at an apartment. Um, it, it, you hope that they're not all going to vote from that address, right? But that doesn't immediately stick out to you like, oh, that's weird. And then all, <laughs> surprise, surprise, they all vote. <laughs> it also helps in an apartment complex that the that the mailboxes, and we saw this a lot in California, where mailboxes weren't big enough to receive the envelopes. And the envelopes all say, like, do not fold, do not bend. So it was, it was very, it, we'd see it often that the the, the mailman, Again, I keep misgendering. Male person. The male person would open the door to the lobby of the apartment complex and just leave a pile of ballots on the floor, presuming that whoever lives there is going to get them. Well, all it takes is one person walking by and grabbing all the ballots, and then, bam, they can vote on behalf of everyone. Um, there's lots of ways they can do it. The idea, though, that it's racist to look into it. Again, methinks they doth protest too much. Do you think there's anything racist Jake, about going door to door to verify people's identities and that they did actually vote. Um, probably, probably. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'd say so. On a scale you know, of not racist at all to, to David Klansman? Duke, oh, to David yeah. Duke to Klansman, 
Where does it fall in the scale of that's racist? Pro probably uh, Klansmen. You know, when, when they were oh, talking about running the drone over the guy's house, I think the visual they were looking for was a bunch of guys in, you know, Klansmen garb oh, absolutely. shredding ballots or actually just burning them, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. That, that's what they're absolutely were hoping for. Um, yeah, it, it's... <laughs> It's it, I don't understand how it's it's not racist for a Democrat organization to do it, but it's racist for an auditor to do it. I don't think I'll ever truly understand. We do have a response from the Colorado GOP. We can go ahead and put that up on the screen. I'll read it. It's image number two from the Colorado GOP. This is their reaction to Jenna Griswold's decision just to ban audits. They say Colorado GOP chairwoman. Christy Burton Brown released the following statement today regarding Secretary of State Jenna Griswold's latest partisan decision. Quote, Jenna Griswold is a partisan hack <clears throat> who always misses the opportunity to lead. It's sad to see she continues to use her taxpayer funded office for a purely partisan agenda and performative rule making. All Coloradans, regardless of party affiliations, need to have faith in our electoral system. Jenna's partisan decisions consistently undermine that faith. <clears throat> So it's really hard to look at this when there isn't any audit like up for a vote. She just preemptively steps in and says, nope, we're not going to do any audits. Audits are forever forbidden. Uh, it, it just it, it, see, it seems like she's hiding something. Where do you think the next state? What do you think the next state is going to be to launch an audit? Do you think it's going to be Pennsylvania? Some people have been saying North Carolina might do it. <clears throat> what, what do you think is going to be next? I mean, you know, I, I, I don't see the need for North Carolina. I, I, I'm in North Carolina and it went red. So I think as far as the small, you know, down the road, yeah, as far as importance, I think Georgia, because, you know, again, the presidency would not matter if they had not won the Senate. And, you know, the Senate yeah. was via Georgia. So, I mean, if they really want the dominoes to fall, Arizona's already in the works. But, you know, Georgia, I think, is going to be the missing link to all of this, you know, <clears throat> So yeah. uh, a tie between Georgia and Pennsylvania. I know Pennsylvanians. I'd go to the Poconos, you know, every other weekend with friends. And Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia, is not democratic. It's it's oh, yeah, it's, no. it's you know it's farm saying. it's farm country. It's it's blue collar workers. And to me, yeah, the whole Pennsylvania going blue. Yeah, there's something off on that. So well, the the the, lo the long held saying for Pennsylvania is if you look at Pennsylvania, it's Pittsburgh, Philadelphia with Alabama in between because the area between Pittsburgh and, and Philadelphia could not be more different in terms of topography, in terms of culture, values, voting affiliation. It really is not, not it's saying it's exactly, but 85% of, of it is blue collar farm country. Yeah. So I don't, I don't yeah. think, you know, they're um, lining up for, you know, all of the uh you know the wonders of of the democratic platform when their focus has been you know farming and and, and production uh, you know industrial production yeah north carolina i'd be interested in and this is why i'd be interested in north carolina north carolina was one of the states that democrats targeted and forced to adopt late election law changes one, one of the examples i'm talking about is that north carolina was one of the states that was going to count ballots that they received after election day. Mm -hmm. So yeah. so Democrats went in there and they got the GOP to concede and say, yes, we will allow you to have these changes. So I would want to see North Carolina as a control because one of the theories that have been 
lingering since 2016 is that Democrats likely tried something like this in 2016. I mean, if there's election fraud to this magnitude, it's not the first time they've ever implemented it. The theory has been that there was election fraud in 2016, but Trump won by such a massive, massive margin that there wasn't enough. They didn't anticipate it, and he was able to squeak by with victories in the Rust Belt. So I would like to see North Carolina as a control, but also as seeing if maybe that could be the case there because they were suspecting that North Carolina would go blue. Biden spent a lot of late time in the campaign there. They they went there. They filed lawsuits. They convinced Republican elections boards to change the rules to be more favorable towards Democrats. And they that was one of the last states called, too. They still refused to call it, almost like they were expecting for it to flip. So yeah. I, I like to look at North Carolina, not because you would change the election results, but it'd be interesting to see a state that didn't go blue but it's, has all the other hallmarks of the states that did. You know, it's a very valuable state for them to win. Uh, North Carolina is uh, is a little underrated in in the public you know view, but uh, as far as their pro business policies go, to, uh, North Carolina, if you know like all of the biggest corporations, you know gas stations, uh, massive food chains, yeah. they all have their headquarters in North Carolina for tax purposes. So, as far as uh, potential you know revenue gains. It, if they can flip the state and, and change tax code, North Carolina, you know, I, I, I'm scared for it on a personal level because it really is a safe haven for a lot of, you know, conservative ide- ideology. And, you know, if they can, if they can switch it, which I, I think, you know, that was really, as you mentioned, the intent of, of, you know, 2016 until now, it's a very valuable state for them to turn blue permanently because, you know, down the road, if, if they want to, you know, go, you know, full taxation and, and jack up taxation rates for corporations and things like that. That's a jackpot. North Carolina, you know, between Charlotte and Raleigh yeah. and, and, and the, the, the headquarters that are down there, there's, they, there's a, a lot to be gained if they can flip that state and, and, and change the politics of it for the long term. Well, they have a Democrat governor and, and, you, More, and you watch right? the map. Yeah, he's horrible. Yeah. You, you, you look at the map and you look at the map over time of Virginia how Virginia went from red to purple to now solidly blue. And you see that blue is creeping south, south, south. You know they want North Carolina next. The the great irony of, of, of these transitions are that the, the blue voters who, who are fleeing blue states and going to red states are doing it because they've turned their blue states into liberal hellholes. Right. They vote for high taxes and then they and then they flee right. to tax friendly states and then they then proceed to vote for the same kind of policies they just fled from, which is why I love here in Texas. You drive down the highway, you'll see billboards that say, don't California, don't my Texas. Here. Yeah. And yeah, that's don't California, that's, my Texas, just as just as a lingering reminder. That's that's something I've personally seen in, in North Carolina that has really made me concerned because I saw it happen in New York over my lifetime. I uh, I moved to North Carolina around September, and it was, you know, kind of the interlude of of all of the chaos. You know, people the the great migration away from the cities, and now I see it, and I just see Northeast uh, license plates everywhere, and yeah. the building boom, the housing boom, the nightlife scene. It's it's exploded in the past six months. And it's 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 a lot of Northeasterners that, you know, they, they they torpedoed their own communities and they go, all right, let's go somewhere else and try it again. So I would say out of out of the whole the whole country, North Carolina is probably 
the sleeper, the sleeper that they're really after. Yeah, they are. And, and, and the good news is, the good news is that North Carolina does have a Republican lieutenant governor, Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson gave an impassioned pro-gun speech, went viral. And that kind of launched his political. He went to like a local uh, town council meeting that was trying to cancel a gun show. And he gave this impassioned pro-gun speech, launched his career, and he was able to win the race for lieutenant governor. So it's not blue yet. There's still time to fix it, uh, to stop the, the blue wave. And, and if, if the theory is correct that states go blue because of fraud, if that's even close to being correct, you got to audit North Carolina because to, to leave it to chance that it's not happening, it's just it's too too important. It's, it's too it's too important. I think if we're being completely honest, I think if we audited a lot of states, we'd find that the blue states are a little bit less blue and the purple states are a little bit more red when you account for fraud. I, th I think that, it, yes, we audit the states that have obviously the discrepancies that Biden counted on to, quote unquote, win the presidency. But I also would love to see states like Wyoming that are red, but starting to trend strangely blue with more blue voters moving there. I loved uh, that's why they went to Arizona to check it out. I love to see red and purple states as well, um, just to get out in front of it, because it's too important not to do it. It's also too important not to mention that this podcast is sponsored by We the People Holsters. We the People Holsters start at just forty dollars. Forty dollars. They're made in America. Look two great points and they're custom molded to fit your exact firearm. You tell them what firearm you carry and they will give you a custom molded holster to fit it. And if it doesn't fit or if it catches or if it snags, or if you don't like it, send it back. They'll give you a new one. Again, that's what made in America means people custom firearm. There are thousands of different options and configurations, color changes, left, right, draw thousands of different configurations to choose from including a selection of custom printed holsters. They sent me one a mixture of we, the people and the American flag. I love it. I use it for my 1911. They also have real tree camouflage options. So if you go hunting and you use real tree camouflage, you can use a holster that matches your hunting gear while there. Make sure you check out their complete line of patriotic t-shirts and new EDC tactical gun belt, all of which again, hundred percent manufactured in the United States. And if you're going to put, if you're going to buy it, Please, 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 I, trust me on this. Add the bacon jerky. It's very good. Very, very good. So show your support for our show and this great American company by going to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD. And if you use promo code CD10, that's Charlie Delta 10, you'll get $10 off your order. Not 10%, $10. So you buy a holster for $40, use promo code CD10, it's a $30 holster. Tell me where you can find a, a custom molded, made in America holster with 100% guarantee that you'll like it or else they'll replace it. Tell me where you can find that for $30. I dare you, I'd love to hear it. So again, that's wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD, wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD, and use promo code CD10 for $10 off your order. Lawman saying yes, because the deer might see that black holster. You gonna leave it to chance? Gonna leave it to chance? I wouldn't. If, if I'm out there stalking a deer or an elk, I'm not gonna leave the chance. I, I want complete camouflage. I want complete, yeah, sometimes the real tree camouflage is a little gimmicky, but I like it. And if I was gonna carry 
if I was going to carry that, I mean, right, usually I, I use a drop leg holster when I'm hunting. Um, but if I was going to carry on my on my waistband, I, I would want it to be camouflaged. I wouldn't care too much about having the same camouflaging, same pattern, but I'd want it to be camouflaged. Listen, anyone who's ever spent a ton of time out stalking an animal just to have them get spooked and run away, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Gammy Sparkle says they don't have camo on Naked and Afraid. That's true. They do not. <laughs> We're going to see Gammy Sparkles on Naked and Afraid one of these days. We're going to see her out there. I like that show. It's fun. I, I wrote a letter to the producers recommending her. And I'm, yeah, I, I think she'd be great. She she might actually chop somebody <laughs> in half with a machete, though. You know, when yeah, she that's got mad. the thing. Like they they probably wouldn't let you bring a gun. Yeah. But Gammy Gammy Sparkles doesn't use a gun. No, she's old fashioned. She has her machete. Absolutely. She'd be perfectly fit. I mean, I think if he hit, handed me a machete, I think it probably work. I, I could probably make some work out of it. Gammy Sparkles, based on what she said, she's been putting this she's machete to work, practicing right. I'm sure that she would do some serious damage with a machete. <laughs> uh, so as we wrap this up, Jake, mm -hmm. do you think the Biden administration is going to do it? Do you think they're going to step in and say, you went too far, we're shutting this down? Do you think they would dare do that? Because that's you can't come back from that. You shut down an election audit for claiming that knocking on someone's door is racist. There's no coming back from that. Do you think they dare? I, I think they have found themselves in between a rock and a hard place. I think the evidence will come out and, you know, it will it, it will be so significant that they're really I, I like to envision that they're in a room somewhere going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And, you know, they're screwed if they're due, they're screwed if they don't. And so I think that's part of the, you know, you see them going one way, going the other, you know, they get on the TV shows, they say, you know, they're going to come. But there is no, there is no immediate, you know, coming down of the hammer, or bringing down of the hammer, because I think ultimately they understand that if they do that, they have to stick to it. But they understand that what, most likely are the results and so you know you they say the problem of telling a lie you have to tell another lie and then you have to keep track of the lies and then eventually mm -hmm. it all it all it all combusts and you get caught and i think they're right at the beginning of that that final stage and again going back to other episodes what are they going to be willing to do to distract from that you know yeah so that's my concern is is what what will be the smokescreen to an impending reality that I, I I don't think they know how to really address. I think I think they're going to do it. I do. I, I think that they're going to step in and stop it. They they wouldn't be if they if they truly were comfortable with the election results, they'd let it happen and they just say, okay, yeah, you proved us right. Let's go on with our lives. The only reason you fight back this hard is because you know there's something you don't want to come out. You know that it's not the cleanest election ever. Then they right? should have done it already. Because at this yeah. point, I think their silence, you know, I, I think they should have done it already. Because when that can of worms is opened, you know, if there is something significant that needs to be hidden, uh, better early than late. So yeah. for every day that passes, I think, you know, for their narrative 
it's it's going to do them a lot of harm, and I, I think they're going to find themselves in a situation they cannot get out of. Yeah, and they're going to drag us into a situation that we've never been in this country before. A const well, we've had constitutional crises, but never like this. The idea that a state is not allowed to audit its own election to be better informed as to what election laws are necessary. The Constitution is very clear that state legislatures have the authority to devise their own election procedures and that Congress from time to time can pass election laws as well. Nowhere in it does it say that the DOJ is empowered to stop a state from exercising its authorities given to it under the Const uh, under the elections clause of the Constitution. It, you, you won't find that authority given. Now you can say, oh, well, Congress empowers us to to enforce immigration law, uh, so, uh, election laws. And if the audit violates the election laws, we can go after them. Yeah, well, the problem is you they have the right to count the votes. They have the right to double count the votes. They have the right to triple count the votes. There's no law on the books that says uh, a state can't go in months later and just make sure they got it right. You won't find it. So they're dragging us towards a real constitutional crisis. And we've heard Arizona legislators, politicians say if a DOJ official steps one foot into this arena, they're going to be arrested. We've heard some even talk about shots fired, that, that they would die to make sure that the Biden administration wouldn't be able to shut this down. When you see that and, and you still hear what's coming out of the Biden administration, which is there are these threats saying we're going to shut down. If you do this, we're going to shut down. I'm, I'm nervous because the only the only thing worse than than fraud electing the president would be, I don't know, some kind of mass violence, civil war, constitutional crisis. We don't need it. Right. I, Obviously, I, I... I think they're, they're going worried to, about us finding something. Otherwise, think, this wouldn't even be on the table. I think they're going to find themselves in the next few months with a, a situation on their hands that blacklists them. If if things go the way I see it going, you know, we're we're we're, we're barreling down the road to an economic crisis, a job. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the the numbers keep coming out that people are getting higher, but ultimately, a lot of businesses are on the cusp of closing. And I think they're going to find themselves in this perfect storm of an economic crisis, uh, you know, the potential of a fraudulent, a fraudulent election being announced, and, you know, just a, a well-rounded cesspool of suffering for the American populace that they're... I don't think they can back themselves out of this, and that's why I'm so intrigued to see how it unfolds. Yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be... It'll definitely and be very All under the narrative that you went this far to win. Yeah. That's it. That's the, that's going to be, in my take, what gets fed to the American public is you went this far at the expense of the American people to make it appear as if you won. And then the people yeah. will be furious. So, again, rock in a hard place. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So we, we just are learning now that Chuck Schumer is going to be calling for a vote, the first vote this afternoon on H.R. 1, the so-called For the People Act. This is the bill that would change the rules around the country, all 50 states, to make it easier for Democrats to steal an election. It doesn't look like he has the votes, but we're going to be running a fax blast today or tomorrow, probably tomorrow, because this is just the first vote to open the debate. We're going to have to stop it from, from passing. So that'll be tomorrow. Today is going to be taking action against the DOJ, from, uh, now threatening to, to intervene in these audits. I, what worries me is that when we defeat H.R. 1, Democrats will believe that they have no other recourse but to shut down the audits, and that's when it's going to come. That's what worries me. So we're going to be covering that 
tomorrow for sure, HR1. Uh, and, and stay tuned for the fact spots that will be coming out right after this podcast ends. Other news, because we, we can't end. We're getting towards the end of June. It is Pride Month. Very, I'm a very prideful person, very proud person. We like to cover Pride Month just to show you what's going on around the country. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer. This is news out of the VA. The VA will now offer gender surgery to transgender vets for the very first time time. Why is that important? Well, the VA is supposed to cover and, and help you with injuries or, or ailments that are sustained during your, your service. The idea of the VA now paying for sex change operations or, or hormone therapy so that someone can make an elective choice to change into a different gender um, seems a little bit outside of their, their, their scope, their, their mission statement. But this is the creep. This is the creeping nature of Pride Month. It's not good enough just to be tolerant. They now want you to pay for the gender transitions. I, I'm not sure if you if veterans. you if you saw this or, or not, but they they it's either naval base or an air force base. They had a drag show for the soldiers, and the statement. Yeah. I'll send you that article and we'll talk about it in another episode. I believe the, it. The, the statement was that this is a good way to draw together inclusivity in the armed forces. Mm. Yeah. You, you said that was a naval base? I think it was Air Force. Uh, uh, I, 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 I put my money on Navy. I, I was going to say I'm leaning <laughs> towards Air Force, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll address this at another time. Uh. No, 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 it's just the, the old tired stereotype uh, of, of gay sailors. Oh, um, yeah, 120 yeah. men going down, 60 couples coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the joke there. Um, <laughs> no doubt in my mind that they're going to put on drag shows for uh, the troops. Now, we've heard a lot from the Biden administration. We've seen a lot, the, the attempt to dissuade conservatives from reenlisting. If that's their goal, then the drag shows will probably accomplish that. I, I can't imagine a better way to stop conservatives from re-enlisting, from re-upping, than to force them to sit through <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever <laughs> other show they're forcing uh, them to watch. Yeah, and then go to war. <laughs> hey, Max, real quick. Yeah, do, and then go do, to war. Yeah. Do, do you think we could do a show on drag? Do you think people would like that one? Uh, yeah, no. But wow, you're gonna, wow, you're gonna, shaking his head on that one. That's, gonna, a, you lead the that's show, a strong though. pass on Max. Yeah. Josh goes on the catwalk. Uh, that's a you lead the way, Josh. You lead the way. Uh, and we'll, all, we'll be right behind you. I promise. I, I saw I, I the red Nobody wants to see desk. this in a dress. Nobody wants to see this in a dress. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. Well, the viewership on Facebook is plummeting by, from that recommendation. So it seems as good time as ever to end the podcast. If you if you haven't watched the first hour, make sure you watch it. We had Deb Costello, the, the interim executive director of First Choice Pregnancy Services. Uh, full disclosure, I sit on the board of First Choice. But the, it's, a, it's a great organization that, that services women in crisis, women in, in real need in Las Vegas, Nevada, the busiest pro-life pregnancy center in the entire country. They've already saved more than 36,000 babies that were most likely going to be aborted um, since they've opened their doors. So they need help. Their budget is, is, is really struggling. They haven't been able to have their events and their banquets and whatnot. So we have the link in the description and I pinned it on Facebook in the comments. So if you can, please do donate to them. It's a really good cause, really good mission, and it, it'll go to help a lot of a lot of 
people. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you sign up. The audio version available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, all great places. Even if you watch us live, please do download the audio version too. That's how we prove the numbers to our advertisers. They don't care how many people are streaming on Facebook because it's not real numbers. Facebook suppresses us, right? So they care about audio downloads. So if you do listen, please do also subscribe and either have it automatically download to your phone or just download it. Um, really, we really do appreciate it. We go live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, DLive, conservative-daily.com, and Twitch. So make sure you watch us there if you want to catch the live show. Uh, again, shout out to our sponsor, We the People Holsters, as well as Berna HD. Check them out. Support the show and support these two great self-defense companies. Um, both great products. Wouldn't be recommending them if I haven't already put them through their paces. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And I'm Jake Freho. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. <laughs>